1: Sure, so just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today.
0: Thanks again.
2: Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode
0: 35, The Mystery of Heaven, Part 1. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Are you ready to take the red pill, Zena?
2: As always, yes.
0: Well, we're so excited that you guys are tuning in again this week. Uh, This is episode 35, and we're going to talk today about the mystery of heaven.
2: Very interesting. What do you guys think is heaven?
0: You know, that's a great question. And and we talked a little bit about this before, but I wanted to ask you. So if you had to describe heaven without knowing anything that the scripture might say about it, not that you can't draw from what you do know, <laughs> but if you had to describe heaven, what comes to your mind?
2: So obviously a lot of cartoons for sure, you know, um, big Gold arches, um, a big old gate, and so McDonald's. <laughs> not so much, you know. A little bit fancier, like actual gold, not like oh, yellow. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, very, no,
0: no clowns giving yeah, hamburgers. Yeah, no, 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 it's a very
2: bougie area, you know. A bougie. Like, um, <laughs> I love it. Um, and then you know, it's these, you know, these heavy gates that, that open up, and then everything is so white, and everyone's flying around with their wings, oh, which yeah. I know is not true, but that's what I'm imagining in my head, right. and we're all wearing white, and we all just look so healthy, and like, if you're missing a limb, it's magically back. Right, um,
0: okay. You,
2: I mean, obviously, if you're a little bit on the older spectrum, you're still older, but not in a bad way, like there's no wrinkles, but you do look like you are of the older age.
0: Oh, gotcha. So there's going to be, we're going to be identified to, to some extent by our age, but not with the, the downside of age. Yes. You. Like, okay. you know,
2: there's no aching, there's no more pain. Amen. Um, just a bunch of love in the air. But obviously I know this episode's going to tell me that I'm wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep imagining that.
0: Well, actually much of what you described is a part of it, you know, uh, we, we glean things from they come from the Bible, and, hmm. and they've sort of found their way into our uh, thinking, but yeah. sometimes it's never a clear picture. And I'm the same way. I had my own preconceived notions of heaven, and uh, I kind of told you that I used to think it was like a cartoon, like <laughs> yeah. Sylvester the cat, you know. But um, it really—the it's the Bible is different about it, and, and so many people— don't understand a lot about it and i actually get people writing me a lot about are will you talk about this you know mm-hmm. so uh, i thought it would be a good time to do that and it won't be just a single episode because there's so much to cover okay but you it's what's interesting is in the in the realm of christianity i would say very little is talked about heaven we talk about yeah. going to heaven mm-hmm. But if you thought about it, if I was trying to encourage you to come with me to a trip somewhere and I tell you it's paradise, you want to see the travel brochure.
2: Yeah, I want to right? know about the amenities, like what it has to offer. Why do we want to go here? Like why is it better than this place? And like you said when it comes to the talk to- the topic about heaven, it's you have to go to heaven, but it's like why am I going there? Like what is in heaven that is just so desirable that I must go
0: here? Exactly. Well, the heaven is far more than I think most people realize, Mm -hmm. and the Bible has a lot of details about it. And one of the things that I do want to recommend is uh, if anybody's interested in reading a really good, I don't often recommend books, you know, it's rare, but when we like Judgment of the Nephilim by Ryan, Peterson is one I highly recommend. But there's a book called Heaven by Randy Alcord. That is one of the best books on heaven I've ever seen. I've been trying to reach out to him in the hopes that maybe he will come do an interview. Yeah. And maybe the Lord will bless us with him re- responding to that before the end of this series, you mm-hmm. know, like we did with Ryan. But he goes through exhaustive scripture to show a lot about heaven and answers a lot of questions. Because people have so many questions about heaven, you know, will we eat? Will we sleep? You know, will we know each other? Yeah. All these kind of things come into mind. And you could just go on and on forever about those kind of questions. Uh, Will will my cat be there? Will my dog be there? All those kind of things. Believe it or not, the Bible sheds a lot of light on it. And since it's the focus of our desire to be there someday Mm -hmm. and be with God, then you would think God would reveal some things to let us know about it. And he does. Yeah. Okay. So what we'll do is we're going to go back and start with history to look at heaven from the beginning all the way through to the end when it's going to be the new heaven. Mm -hmm. because everything about the original heaven will tie into the new heaven. Okay. So we'll start in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. So most Christians know the passage, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. And there's a period at the end of that sentence, and I believe that is creation. The the details of it are not necessarily all the passages that follow. And we've talked about the world that was before, so we're not going to go into everything that I've taught in the past about There was a full angelic world and a rebellion at that time before God even made man. Yes. But in this time, heaven and earth are connected and there seems to be no division between it. Mm -hmm. There's not a separation involved. There's a communion, if you will. There's a harmonization of heaven and earth so that the two aren't really separated in any way. Yeah. And that's really how it was meant to be. And it will be again. We're going to find there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But what we do know about that heaven and that earth is found in Isaiah chapter 45. Just a simple passage that declares some information about the creation of heaven and earth in verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and made it, He hath established it, He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. So God intended for the earth to be inhabited, and he doesn't say he intended the heaven to be inhabited necessarily, Mm -hmm. but what we're going to find out is the two were almost inseparable, so that the realm of the universe is God's kingdom. It's his domain, and it is our inheritance, Mm -hmm. the inheritance of those that believe God, that are the righteous in Christ. If we go to 1 Kings 22, we get a little bit of a glimpse into heaven, one of the first glimpses into heaven that was ever given in the Bible, in verse 19, 1 Kings 22, verse 19. I won't go into the details of the story behind all this, but it says, And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him, on his right hand, and on his left. Now, there used to be a program called The Bible Answer Man, and it might may still be going on. It was like a radio show. And they've had different hosts over the years. But I remember listening one time where a host made the statement after reading a passage like this, maybe not this one, but it was a mm-hmm. reference to God sitting on his throne. And he said, no, you don't really believe God is sitting on a throne, do you? He says, how can you assign a corporeal existence to a non-corporeal being and I thought well then the Bible's a lie yeah because God would why would God use that language to describe his throne if there's not a throne Mm -hmm. that makes him disingenuous at the very least yeah you know and dishonest at the most and that can't be possible attribute of God Mm -hmm. so he's not just using figurative figurative language to describe something that we can't understand he's the king of the universe A king has a crown. He sits on a throne. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. You know, I have no problem understanding that concept. You know, in any age, in any era of earth's history, people can understand a king, a queen, a throne, a crown. That's not something that's a difficult concept, Mm -hmm. you know. So I believe God meant what he said because he is the king. He's the creator. He's the Lord. He's God. And he reigns over a kingdom. Yeah. It's the kingdom of God. So I don't have a problem seeing God sitting on a throne and his angels around him, and he's conferring with them and talking with them. They're entities. They're people. They have personalities. They have feelings, and they have minds and hearts just like we do. Yeah. So there they are. So there's a picture in heaven, and then he says in Isaiah chapter 66, Isaiah 66 verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest. Now, I realize he's referring to the earth as his footstool is somewhat symbolic. The earth is not a footstool. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not you know, I've heard of the Ottoman Empire, but I don't think they meant an Ottoman <laughs> for your chair, right? <clears throat> but in in reality what he's saying is the earth is not a figurative thing for a footstool. Mm-hmm we're not a, it's not a real planet. It is a real planet. He's not trying to say there's not an earth. It's really just a footstool and it's all yeah. figured. It. So if, if, if the earth is a real tangible planet that we live on and work in, then God's throne in heaven is a real tangible place. So it's not a gaseous, nebulous, undefinable realm of non-corporeal things heaven is a physical location it's a place yeah so the first thing a lot of people want to do is think you know when you die we're just a bunch of ghosts floating around in a ghostly realm yeah the bible never says anything like that heaven is real it's a place where god sits in a throne and too many times the throne of god shows up in scripture for us to dismiss it as just a fanciful way of describing a gaseous cloud of some sort you know mm-hmm. that's just not going to work for me heaven is God's throne the earth is his footstool and that's a that's a picture and an indication of where God's position is and where the earth is beneath mm-hmm. you know God is in heaven we're on the earth let your words be few yes. it should sort of humble us like you mentioned last <laughs> time you
2: know? for sure
0: In fact, that's the very next passage, Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth, therefore let thy words be few. It's a reminder to man that he shouldn't be arrogant like the bulls of Bashan. Yes. You know, man should humble himself and recognize that God is in heaven and we're on the earth. Mm -hmm. Now, someday that's going to change. But for now, he's calling men to himself. And men in in their rebelliousness and defiance refuse to heed the call. That's sad. And why was there ever a separation in the first place? And we're going to go back to the beginning again, and we're going to see why that had to be, and why there had to be sin, why there had to be a separation of mm-hmm. God, and why He had to separate His throne in heaven from the earth and the rest of creation. I feel
2: like I remember why.
0: You do, but I'm
2: I'm not going to um, what's the word? Give it up. Tell you know. Spoiler alert. Yes, I'm not going to be a spoiler. (laughs) So we will just keep on going.
0: Well, I'm glad you remember that because that makes me feel like uh, some of this is reaching people, because if you're getting it, others are getting it mm-hmm. too, you know. And and the aim of the podcast, you know, I know it's, it's certainly a blessing and beneficial to believers that might even be established in the truth, mm-hmm. but I also want it to be something mm-hmm. that reaches people that may have never picked up a Bible. Yes. And so when you read along with me, you're going, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. You know, I want it to something to be something that sort of uh, in, in inspires you to go, I want to look into this. You know, I want yes. to dig into this. Because I don't want anybody taking my word for it. I want the Spirit of God to show it to them. Mm-hmm. So back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 was creation. But verse 2 is an interesting verse because it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And we read that, and it's often taught in, in like, creation lessons from the church, is in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and here's how he did it. He started with a formless, voidless, shapeless mass. Well, I'm thinking, okay, he's God. Why would he ever need to start with something imperfect? You know, how do you inhabit a form without form and void and darkness? Mm-hmm. And God, uh, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters— It's surrounded by water. It's submerged in water. Mm -hmm. Why would there need to be a start with that? God could just say be and a perfect paradise would appear. But he's doing something here because something happened. And that's what I bet you're recalling. Yes. In the spoiler, right?
2: (laughs) In the spoiler, for sure.
0: And you're right. And so there was a world that was. There was an entire host of angels that lived on the earth that he created for them. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the morning star sang when he laid the foundations. So in some time before time, when they lived on this planet, Lucifer arose. The rebellion became a reality. And a third of the angels joined him in that rebellion, and therefore they corrupted God's creation, which is what some, something Satan always tries to do.
2: Yes, because he's greedy.
0: He's greedy. He's doing it now. He's trying to corrupt the very definition of what it means to be a human. Mm-hmm. What it means to be brothers and sisters. Yes. What it what you know God's created kingdom of animals and plants. He's corrupting that. Uh, he's trying to change the very definition of what it means to be. Things like male and female or a, what sin is and what mm-hmm. isn't, you know, all it's becoming undefinable in a modern sense in a modern cultural thinking. Yeah. And that's the confusion that he brings about because he wants to disparage God's way. You know, so what we end up with is the earth is without form and void. Verse three. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Incidentally, why was there darkness? Darkness is not good mm-hmm. in the sense of light and dark, when you're contrasting dark. Like, you know, if you're talking about, I like this color, can I get that paint in a shade darker? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a preference because it's a good thing. You yes. like a darker color red or darker color blue or whatever. But darkness in the context here is something that shouldn't exist. It's wicked. Yeah, in, in the sense of God, and him is no darkness at all. So mm-hmm. where did the darkness come from? Satan. That's right. So darkness entered into the universe because sin entered into the universe with the first rebellion. Mm-hmm. Therefore, there was some sort of chaos that God had to destroy, and He judged it with water. The flood of Noah, as we spoke of, was the second flood on this planet. Mm-hmm. With those giants. Yeah. the
2: Nephilim.
0: That's right. You like I don't it. want
2: to say their names wrong.
0: The Nephilim is right. That's exactly right. So God said, "Let there be light." There was light. God saw the light that it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the morning he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And it's interesting to note that there's a day before he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars, which we use to reckon time. Mm-hmm. But for God, time is this one period here. And I don't believe it's anything other than 24 hours because he set the standard for that later, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't it be that way now? Yeah. You know? But then it's verse 6 is where it gets interesting.
2: Okay.
0: And God said, let there be a Firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, some of this is going to sound familiar to you because we talked about the, the, the crystal sea and the, and the water between the heavens and things like that. Yeah. So now we're kind of revisiting a little bit of that for the benefit of the listeners that may not have heard that yet. But this firmament is not, you know, you think of firm and you think of solid. Yes. But firmament is an expanse of something that's not solid. Okay. It's, it's a word used to describe something that later he's going to call heaven. So we think of heaven, and if you think of like outer space, there are solid I found objects. This on the web. <laughs> Siri just chimes in whatever she <laughs> wants.
2: That's so
0: funny. <laughs> there are solid objects like planets and yeah. meteorites or whatever, and yet um, there's a vast amount of space that there's nothing. That's what it is. There's nothingness right mm-hmm. there. So that's the firmament, you know, not the things in it necessarily. We'll find out. He puts things in the firmament. Okay. But why create a firmament there? So he says, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And you're thinking, yeah, he's going to create dry land and the oceans around it. But he says, God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, not earth, heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day.
2: So the firmament is at the glass sea
0: Well, here's what we find out. You're right on track. Okay. So God said, let the waters under the firmament, under the heaven, the firmament, Mm -hmm. be gathered together under one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. Okay. Like oceans. So we now know what that is. The earth has water and land. And it's below the waters that are above the firmament. So you're dead on. If the firmament is space, there's waters above space. Okay. So what people don't really understand is where the water came from to flood Noah wasn't just rain. It's a, the fountains of the great deep are opened up. And the great deep is not in the earth. They're there too. There's water in the earth. But more importantly, there's water above the starry heavens. And that water is frozen, and that's the crystal sea. Okay. Yep. So I'm it's on ab- to it. above the firmament. Of- <laughs> but again, why would there need to be an ocean there? What, why waste all that water? We could use it down here, right? <laughs>
2: I can't spoil it. That's right. I know why.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned the crystal sea, right? Mm-hmm. Or the frozen deep. Well, we learn about that in the book of Job, chapter 38. Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. He's an old guy. (laughs) And in verse 30, he says, the waters are hid as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen. Well, if you're talking about the oceans, the oceans aren't frozen, maybe in Antarctica. Yeah. Or certain sections of the the Arctic, perhaps. But the face of the deep, I mean, and Job would have lived in the Mediterranean region. Mm -hmm. He didn't see the frozen ocean (laughs) or the frozen Mediterranean Sea. He's talking about that water Mm -hmm. above the firmament, Right. And we're going to find out it was there to separate something because we were talking about separation. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. There was no separation. A rebellion happened. The earth is without form and void. There's darkness and there's water as a judgment on the earth. So God's having to basically renovate the earth, re, uh, restore it to its original uh, glory perhaps, or at least different than it was because yeah. it's now going to be suited for men rather than just angels. But he's creating this big, giant ocean of water, this frozen deep now above outer space. And you're asking, why does that need to be there, right? So we see a picture of it in the book of Ezekiel, chapter one. Ezekiel is a fascinating prophet to read. Uh, he talks about things that we could liken unto UFOs. Right. Yeah. And things like that. And he talks about cherubs. Mm -hmm. And these cherubs, in fact, travel in these things called wheels. And he describes them as wheels, which we might liken that to an actual UFO. It's one thing to use figurative figurative language to describe something that a person in that century wouldn't know what a flying machine was. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever flew but a bird. Yeah. And it didn't look like a bird. But when he says it's a wheel, he says as the appearance of a wheel. So it's one thing to say there's a chariot of fire, and I believe it's a chariot of fire, you know, and that could be a UFO, and, and the understanding of of a spacecraft with, uh, what do you call that, uh, some means of propulsion, uh-huh. and flames coming out the back, you know, <laughs> like the Batmobile,
2: the exhaust, <laughs> the exhaust,
0: right. Or it could literally just be God has a chariot of fire, but a chariot that we wouldn't understand the technology of. Mm-hmm. you know. So he writes, and it looks like a chariot, but it's not <laughs> like a chariot that a horse would actually draw him. Yeah. But there are horses in heaven, so they might be. By the way, if anybody was hoping their horse might be in heaven, there's a good chance they might, because <laughs> there's horses in heaven, right? So in verse 15, in this encounter that Ezekiel has where he sees these four living cherub creatures and their wheels, he says... Now, as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces. These cherubs have four faces. Mm -hmm. The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a barrel, a stone, a precious stone. And they four had one likeness. In other words, they all four looked alike. And their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. The appearance of a wheel in the middle of a wheel could be a flying saucer Mm -hmm. or some type of craft. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. And I've seen radar images that are being released now by the Pentagon of unidentified flying objects that goes zzz, 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 like like a hummingbird could fly, okay, almost, you know, and and stop on a dime. Well, if you were in that craft, the g-force would kill you. Yes, <laughs> you know. So this is something else. This is some technology that we don't have, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway. When they went, they went upon their four sides. They turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And the eyes is probably reference to like portals or lights or something. Going okay. around. Um, and when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them. When the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lift up, lifted up. Whithersoever, whithersoever the Spirit was to go, they went. There was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them, and the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. So it's like the, the cherubs are tied to the craft that mm-hmm. they're moving with and in. But what it gets really interesting is what we find out, that the four of them move in some kind of a formation. So think of like four cherubs moving with their wheels in some form or fashion, like, you know, I'm, I'm using, I'm holding two fingers <laughs> up in each hand like a peace sign, each finger representing a cherub, and I'm moving my hands in unison together. Kind of reminds me of the military, because they're
2: so, like, yeah. unified. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Almost like, uh, what is that art when they use flags to tell a ship to land, or, 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 or rather a, a rocket to land or something? Semaphore, maybe I forget maybe. what it's called, but they use this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's an old, old thing. They don't use anymore. <clears throat> but uh, I know, like aircraft carriers, when jets would land and they would do these flags and tell them what to do. I think they still do use those in airports.
2: I, I believe they still. They might do. use
0: like flashlights with red little glowing yeah, things now. You know? I don't
2: know if they really like take their jobs seriously Yeah, They're just kind of like out there dancing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, all I'm doing is parking a plane. Come like, on, you it's know.
2: not that hard. Yeah. Just go this way.
0: But those symbols must mean something, you know, to the pilot anyway. So I'm using a similar type of symbol to move around these four things in unison, but here's what's above them. Verse uh, 21, verse 22, And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above. Well, a firmament is a stretched out canopy like thing an expanse of some kind mm-hmm. so it's above their heads so as they're moving in unison it's like they're carrying with them imagine somebody just cut a big chunk of ice out of this frozen sea and
2: they just kind of like have it on their head and they have
0: it on their heads and they're moving around you know, like they're <laughs> the four legs of a table okay but it's not a tabletop it's the floor of heaven Mm -hmm. and we say the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creatures was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads above, and under the firmament were their wings straight, and he describes their wings. Verse 26, and above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, Mm -hmm. and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it was brightness round about. So he's seeing a man, or what looks like a man, sitting in a throne, glowing, light light shining out for him, and it's actually the Lord. He says, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spoke. In other words, he passed out. He saw God's glory and he passed out. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important.
1: There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know.
0: And the world is fast approaching the end game. And we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out.
1: Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak.
0: This is true. So you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries premium podcasts so the controlled media can't shut us down.
1: We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries.
0: Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech.
1: And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible.
0: Thanks again, and here's the show. We all would. I think we would. (laughs) I agree. So the firmament is the crystal gets us back to this. It's a solid because it's frozen. Mm -hmm. Face of the Deep is frozen. He's looking up, as it were, from the standpoint of being on the earth looking up to the four living creatures mm-hmm. who have seen they seem to be coming down in almost like a another dimension okay and so we see three dimensions in our world he, this is another dimension as they come down it's like a it's like a wormhole a glimpse into heaven and he's looking up and he sees the four living creatures and they're underneath the firmament and then above the firmament there's the throne and God sitting on the throne hmm Now, it's fascinating to think about it because later on, that same scene is described in Revelation, but from a different vantage point. This time it's John. He's carried up into heaven.
2: That's correct.
0: Because Ezekiel's on the earth when he describes it here, Mm -hmm. but the reason he couldn't go into heaven was because Christ had not yet died for sins to make a way for sinful man to go up, Mm -hmm. right? So when we go to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 4, And we read in verse six, and before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. Mm -hmm. It's frozen water. When does water look like glass when it's frozen? Or like a crystal, right? Mm -hmm. And in the midst of the throne, there's the throne again, and uh, round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had the face of a man, the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. The, the living creatures that Ezekiel saw. They can't, they were, when he saw them, they were down below the firmament. Now John sees them next to God's throne. Mm-hmm. They're like guardians, you know. They could be the seraphim, but I think they're the, probably the cherubs. They're a type of angel. Now, in the book of Exodus, you'll remember that when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt and from bondage and Pharaoh's army went after them, they were trapped between the army and the Red Sea. Yes. And where were they going to go? They didn't have any boats. So God parts the Red Sea. Now, it's a miracle that we can read about, but it's a picture of something. In in Exodus 14, and we'll go to verse 13 just to cut to the chase. And Moses said unto the people, fear you not, because they were terrified. Yeah. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. This big... Uh, you know, intimidating army that's about to destroy them. It says they're about to go. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, he had a a staff in his hand, Mm -hmm. and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, be, and I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them on the dry ground. Yeah. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. They were real. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. So he was in the front. He was leading them. Now he goes to the rear. And he becomes a barrier between Pharaoh's army and the Israelites. He removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these, the Israelites, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Why did he need to do that? Because God used the whole night, To make the sea divide. Now, it didn't just divide like it just dried up and, you know, for a few miles, there was a dam built. Yeah. Watch what happens. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the dry land appear. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. But watch this. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left.
2: So kind of like like an archway.
0: Like an aquarium. Oh. Like imagine walking between two ecla- aquariums.
2: Oh, that's so cool. But there's no
0: glass. The water. So like you could like re- obviously you could reach out and touch yeah, it. Yeah, you could reach your hand into the water and pet a fish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today?
0: <laughs> and yet you're walking on dry ground. And you so think about, cool. like, water under the sea, I mean, land under the sea, rather, wouldn't be dry for a while. Yeah. It would be mud for weeks and weeks and weeks, mm-hmm. you know. if it, So here they are walking on dry ground. Now, the end of the story was Pharaoh went after them, and the water came on them and drowned them all.
2: That's what I was thinking was going to be the outcome for them. And I was yeah. like, But I was like, no, maybe not. That's why <laughs> they would
0: see them no more. But here's the thing that I wonder why, if people don't stop and ask the question, okay, why didn't God just make a boat? Okay. Or why didn't he just cause the earth to swallow up Pharaoh's army? Mm-hmm. Or why didn't he just give them the ability to walk on the water like Jesus did in the in yeah. the gospels? And just walk, or or if nothing else, why not just build a big bridge?
2: I my question to that one is, why not whenever Pharaoh and them got there that he just kind of closed up that water portal mm-hmm. in a sense to where like they, they were stopped in their tracks while Israelites just continue to walk through.
0: Right. Well, so what he did do was he made this big pillar and the angel of the Lord stood between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israelites Mm -hmm. so that they couldn't pursue after them. And it wasn't until they all got over on the other side of the Red Sea that the pillar was lifted out of the way. So at that point, Pharaoh saw the weirdness going on with the sea, and he thought, well, if they can do it, so can we. So he went after them to pursue them. Oh! Once the entire army was in the sea on the dry land, <laughs> then God took the power away, oh, no. and the sea came crashing down on top oh, of them. Oh, I hope they could swim. Well, with their armor on, it wouldn't have done them any good. <laughs> you know, So they all drowned, and they all died. But here's the point. He could have delivered them any number of ways. He could have made a, a big Aircraft come down and (laughs) fly them over. But he chose to do it this way for a reason, because he's showing a picture of going through water to get to the land of promise, a type of heaven, if you will. Egypt is a type of the world. The land of Canaan, a type of the land of promise, a type of heaven. The Red Sea, a type of the frozen water above the firmament. Okay. And the parting of the seas is we're going to go through that to get to heaven someday. Okay. And how was the sea how was the frozen sea of glass in the third heaven or separating the third heaven from the rest of the heavens and the firmament there? How was it opened up for us that John could go through and stand on the throne room and and stand on the sea of glass and describe it, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He made the way possible when he died because his sacrifice paid for sins. So he created that passageway for us. You know, it's all a picture of that. Yeah. It's really- he
2: was the lamb.
0: He's the lamb and the blood of the lamb. And isn't it interesting? What color is blood? Red. What color is the sea?
2: Yeah, oh. The
0: Red Sea. Okay.
2: <laughs> Stained
0: with the blood of Jesus Christ, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's not literally red, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. It's named the Red Sea for a reason. Right? Okay. So God doesn't do anything by chance, uh, willy-nilly, <laughs> right? So go to the book of Luke. Now, another, this is a picture of the frozen sea we're talking about. We're using types in the Bible. And there's another type, I think, if you want, in the book of Luke in the New Testament. Now, we've even talked about this before, so I'm going to be stretching your memory again, Zena. But remember, there was a rich man and a poor man who was a beggar, and they both died. And the rich man ended up in hell, and the beggar ended up in a place called paradise. Mm -hmm. Okay? It was in the earth, so it's not heaven where God's throne is yet but it's the place where the righteous died and went before Christ died
2: yeah so like Jeremiah's down there
0: yes and Abraham in fact Mm -hmm. it's literally called Abraham's bosom Mm -hmm. so the beggar has a name his name is Lazarus which is an interesting name because a man named Lazarus was raised from the dead another man but the whole term Lazarus has come to be equated with resurrection Okay, so this beggar dies, he goes to Abraham's bosom. The rich man dies, he has no name. No name. Why
2: does he have no name?
0: Because since he's lost, he's not recognized as a person anymore. In hell, there's no, right. no definition. You're just, yeah, you're just... Whatever. Yeah, you become a worm and no man, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, so he's down there, but he can see and hear Abraham and Lazarus. Okay. And they're at peace, and he's in torments. Yeah. So this issue is being described in verse 25 of chapter 16, where it says, uh, oh, uh, to, to get to the point, the man sees them and he says, please send Lazarus to let him dip his finger in water and put it to the tip of my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. Aww. He was in such agony yeah. that a drop of water would have given him some relief. you know. And, and yeah. Abraham has explained to him he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Watch, verse 25, but Abraham said, son... Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, because he was rich, and he never helped Lazarus. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things, because he was poor and, and downtrodden. Yeah. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. So in other words, you're getting what you deserve. And beside all this, verse 26, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Yeah. Yeah so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. so he's describing a physical barrier there now we think of a gulf like the gulf of mexico so we could think of water it might be the bottomless pit but there's nothing that says there couldn't be water there too right so in essence it prevents them from being able to come one to the other so it's another type of separation of a place called paradise like God's heaven and a place called hell. And this gulf is in between it. Now this gulf is uh, not the Red Sea and it's not this crystal sea, but it's something that divides. So what we're describing is the separation of heaven and earth in a sense, Mm -hmm. right? And types in the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 8, and I promise folks, we're getting to, we're talking about like the mechanics of heaven right now. We're going to get to the (laughs) descriptions Of heaven eventually, but it's going to take several episodes because there's so much about it. Yes. There's so much about it. So we're going to go to the book of Proverbs chapter eight, and we're going to start in verse 22, where we read, uh, and and it's wisdom speaking. By the way, I love to say this because I think it's so true. You know, men think we're so smart, right? Mm -hmm. And women really are smarter than men. Thank you. (laughs) And the Bible even (laughs) agrees with that because wisdom in the Bible is personified as a sheep.
2: Dun, dun,
0: dun. (laughs) So men don't get too cocky, all right? (laughs) So wisdom is saying, I was there with God when he created heaven. Mm -hmm. So she writes, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. Depths of what?
2: Yeah.
0: What do you think of the deep? You think of water, Mm -hmm. right? We think of the swimming pool. We got the shallow end and the deep end.
2: Yes, I
0: stay, right. in the <laughs> stay in the shallow end. stay in the shallow says, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. So we know the depths are relating to water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. And again, compass is not like north, south, east, and west in the Bible. It's a surrounding. <laughs> So in this case, the context would mean it's like a boundary. I could say, when he set a boundary upon the face of the deep. So what is the boundary? Now, we think of like the ocean, and the boundary is maybe the shore. Yeah. The seashore. But is it confined to that? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, yes, you're right. But can there be hurricanes and storms? and the waves blow over the shore and they tear up Galveston or yes. you know, or they tear up, or a tsunami because of an earthquake comes across Japan mm-hmm. and wrecks major cities and yes. islands and whatever. So are they obeying the boundaries? Not necessarily. Yeah. But what if it was the frozen water in heaven? That's never moved. Mm-hmm. It's got boundaries. Now when, well it moved one time though, when God said, flood the earth in the days of Noah. But then when it receded back and he put them back in their place he says okay you can't cross this boundary that's the compass upon the face of the depth when he established the clouds above when he strengthened the fountains of the deep when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth then i was by him as one brought up with him and on and on and i was daily his delight Rejoicing always before him. So there's wisdom with God as he creates everything. And he uses her, uses wisdom to set these boundaries, to lay this foundation, to create this mountain, whatever. And so he says the sea, gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. Now when we were reading in Genesis 1 earlier and he made the dry land appear and he gathered waters together and he called them seas, plural. And the dry land was called earth. So we know what earth is and we know what seas are. But this sea, he gave a decree that the water should not pass his commandment. Could it be the crystal sea? Could it be the frozen sea? Yeah. Now, the reason I think that it is, is because at some point we know God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And in the book of Revelation chapter 21, it says the first earth and the first heavens were passed away. And it says there was no more sea. Now, I can't imagine a new earth without surfing. Yeah. And swimming and fishing and whatever, you know, whales and uh, (laughs) sharks and mighty sea creatures like that. I don't believe God's not going to put any oceans on the earth, on the new earth. I believe there's no more sea separating so
2: there's no more boundaries no
0: more boundary of the frozen deep the the floor of heaven Mm -hmm. because god is in a third heaven the bible tells us we'll get to that yes and where his throne is he has to be separated from the tainted creation that sin corrupted so the frozen glass is a barrier between sin and god's holiness
2: spoiler alert that's what i was going to spoil
0: the whole time. She knew it the whole time. <laughs> and I can attest to that because she's heard, she's heard this before. <laughs> Interestingly, we saw you know the type of the Red Sea and Israel goes forth on dry land. And then we see the types of the, the uh, frozen deep, as it were, being the, the floor of heaven. And God's above it and man in sinfulness is below it. So how are we going to get to God, right? We need a means. We need a mechanism to get to him. Well, there's a prophecy of it in Isaiah chapter 51. I I ended up putting my microphone right in my way here. I need to just move it. (laughs) I keep doing that. So Isaiah 51 verse 9 says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days and the generations of old. Now we read this earlier. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Okay, who's the dragon? Art thou not it which hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep? that hath made the depths of the sea a way for the ransomed to pass over. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and on and on. And Zion, we know, is Jerusalem, but there's a new Jerusalem that's coming. So you've got the picture, as we were describing earlier, of Israel going through the Red Sea on dry land. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about he's made a path through the third, to the third heaven through the sea of glass, as it were. Mm -hmm. the devil the dragon is in the starry heavens he's in the second heaven yes that's his abode his realm the spiritual realm we die we go up to the third heaven or we're raptured and we go up to the third heaven and he's made a way for the redeemed the ransom to pass through to get to him so all these types in the bible are showing us that trying to get us to see that jesus christ is that deliverance you know Mm -hmm. he was the cloud and the pillar that Protected them and then delivered them safely over on the other side and and the wind that from him came that wind that parted the sea and everything else So I think that what we're seeing is types of our own deliverance in the scriptures and really from there We need to stop because next week Lord willing we're gonna discuss the new heaven and the new earth and we're gonna find out that heaven in reality we see the types of it, but they're physical. They're tangible types. Okay. So it's not this spooky kind of ghostly spiritual realm. We will have spiritual bodies, but they're physical. We can touch and hold and hug and, and eat and sleep and feel. We're going to see that we can do all these things just as you do now. Yet, as you described, without pain and sorrow yes. and all <laughs> those things, without wrinkles, you know, <clears throat> we're going to have new bodies to mm-hmm. match the new heaven okay
2: i do have a question and i know you'll probably have to get this um on the next episode but when we die do we come back in the body that we not necessarily the body we died in but like the form that we died in so let's say i were to just saying this not not wanting it to happen let's say i were to die today at the age of 23 in heaven would I be 23 or would I come back as a child?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that brings forth another question too, which is, you know, your question is, am I going to be like I am when I die? Or if I die when I'm 80, am I going to be 80 in heaven, whatever? Mm. Or think about, let's say, children that died before they were born. Yes. Like a miscarriage. That's still a human being. That person had a soul, had a spirit. Okay. Yes. They never lived to speak or eat or have any time on the earth, you know. You could even say that would not have been true about children that were taken from the womb and died. Yes. Whatever the case may be. But this but they were a thing that God created while they were in the womb. The Bible makes that clear. Yes. So there's a spiritual soul, there's an eternal person, even though it may never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Will they be little infants? Yeah. Right? I think the Bible makes it not clear on this, but it makes it, it, it tends to point to the fact that we're all going to have glorified bodies. I think we might all be the same age. Okay. And the age might be 33.
2: Ooh, okay, and so we're
0: wiser. We're wiser. <laughs> and the age of 33, because Christ died when he was 33. Mm-hmm. He was crucified. And his resurrected body was a 33-year-old glorified body
2: okay
0: now it doesn't mean that's true for sure but that might be the case because if there's going to be no more sin no more pain no more death no more sorrow you know you're talking about like you mentioned if a person had an amputated arm and it magically reappears yeah we'll be healed to be whole again I also think we're going to be who we are you're going to be Xena in eternity I'm oh, going to be Scott awesome. in eternity yeah
2: because I like me
0: yeah I like you too <laughs> your person. Now we won't have the baggage, we won't have the sin nature, but mm-hmm. we'll have our heart and our love and our mind. <clears throat> we'll know one another. And I think we're going to be we're going to look like we look, but with Better, you know, okay. with, with like, you know, uh, I'm going to be hopefully not as pasty a white guy, but I'll probably be a white guy with a, hopefully a little more color, you know, maybe a little bit less gut, <laughs> maybe a little bit more hair. <laughs> He's
2: like, look, God, I just want a whole <clears throat> new me.
0: Exactly. So we'll be better. And I think that's going to be because God wants us to rejoice in what we are, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no... Uh, there's no easy way for me to define what better is, except as I understand it physically, <laughs> like having some hair, you know, or, but certainly no sinus problems,
2: oh, which awesome. plagues
0: me, you know, or, uh, or aches arthritis. and pains or yes, or disease, whatever, cancer. None of that will exist there. See? So, and I think we're going to rejoice. We're going to laugh. We're going to build, create, we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about, you know, God created us to desire, to explore, to discover, to, to make things, to create things, music, art, poetry, sculptures, mm-hmm. whatever. Build like an architect, uh, write like a musician, play instruments. I think we do all of that. Yeah. And never stop ceasing to discover. And when you think about the size of the universe, we'll spend an eternity just exploring the planets.
2: Oh, that's going to be so
0: much fun. And, and it says the increase of his government, there will be no end, so the kingdom will never stop expanding. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be a group of people that will procreate, as it was originally intended, you know, as Adam and Eve were told to be fruitful and multiply. There's going to be some that are going to be as the angels are, and they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but there's going to be some that apparently will take up the mantle of the original commandment to be fruitful and multiply. Okay. And so they will multiply and have children without sorrow and pain of childbirth. And then those children, I think, will be raised and grow up to be 30-something-year-old children. And they'll discover things and explore things. And That's crazy. It's an amazing world. And it's all the new heaven and the new earth. It's all together. Because God comes down from that third heaven mm-hmm. when the sea is gone, the frozen sea, and he dwells with us on the earth.
2: That's beautiful.
0: Oh, it's amazing. It, I, my mind can hardly wrap itself around the beauty that it is, mm-hmm. except for what the Bible shares with us. So we're going to explore that as much as we can.
2: Yes, we are. So
0: tune in next week, folks. You don't want to miss it.
2: No, you do not, because this series, The Heaven. It's going to be quite interesting.
0: <laughs> That's right. And I called it the mystery of heaven, not because heaven's no secret. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about it. But there's so many things about heaven that we don't know or understand. Yes. I believe it's a mystery, too. So we're going to explore that.
2: And I'm super excited about it. <laughs> Me, too. Well, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We do appreciate your support and love. Don't forget to subscribe. Share this with a family member. and. Let's interact down in the comment section. Tell us things that you want to learn or something that you did learn from the podcast today.
0: Amen. And thank you so much, Zena, for being here. I love your questions and your input. People want to hear more from you, so don't be afraid to say, hey, you've talked enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will do better. I will do so.
0: (laughs) No, you did it today, and I really appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.